Well, today we're beginning a new message series for the new year entitled Praying with Jesus. We're going to be talking about one of the most essential activities of a believer, and that's prayer, communicating with God, communicating with the creator of the universe. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? I mean, how many of you communicate with the governor of Missouri on a regular basis? Or the president of the United States? But we have the opportunity to communicate with the creator of the universe, the one who is over everything. Now, prayer, as I say so often, is two-way communication. It's not just one-way communication, funneling up our requests to God. It's actually listening to God as well, talking with God. Now, many people struggle with prayer. I struggle with prayer from time to time. We feel like we should be praying more often, but things seem to get in the way. Life gets in the way, doesn't it? And we get busy. We forget. Things happen. We get tired and our prayer lives suffer. And as I was thinking about it, I thought that one of the main reasons that people struggle with prayer is because of unanswered prayer. If we were completely honest with ourselves, the reason we may not pray more is because we're, we're really not sure it really works. And if you're not sure that something really works, then why bother to do it? How many of you have ever had an unanswered prayer? My hand is up. It happens, doesn't it? There's a lot more than we might want. A lot more than we might expect. And so, if we're not sure it works, why would we do it more? But of course, when we're in a real pickle, we all pray, don't we? When things get really bad, we're going to pray. Uh, somebody once said, there are no atheists in foxholes, you know, because when you're in trouble, when you're in danger, uh, everybody, everybody prays. But what I believe that God wants to teach us in this series is how to pray prayers that get answered. How to see a greater percentage of our prayers answered. And if you pray prayers and they get answered, what happens? You get excited, don't you? God answered my prayer. Does that going to make you pray more or less? I think I'll try it again because that prayer was answered. Somebody else has a need. I'm going to pray for them because I want to see God's answer come. Now, there are many reasons for unanswered prayer, but let's begin with one. It's found in James 4, 3. Now, I'd encourage you to take out a white page in the middle of your bulletin. Looks like this. It has the outline for the message written out as well as the verses. I encourage you to take some notes in there and fill in the blanks. On the back is a study guide uh, based on the message that you can do on your own. And it's also the, the uh, guide for our discussion in the life groups. James 4.3 says, When you ask, you do not receive. Because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So let me paraphrase. When you pray, your prayers aren't answered because... Your requests are selfish because it's all about you. In fact, that's how many people view prayer, isn't it? I ask God for the things I want. And if he doesn't give me what I want, I get upset. Why didn't he give me what I want? God is simply a cosmic vending machine. You put in your prayer... And you expect the answer to pop out the bottom. So if God is not a vending machine, let's not treat him like one when, when we pray. 
Rather than simply asking for what we want, how about asking for what Jesus wants? Really, that's what prayer is all about. That's what God wants to teach us in this series, Praying with Jesus. Not praying at Jesus, but praying with Jesus. Did you know that Jesus right now is in heaven praying for you? You thought he was just floating around in the clouds. He's praying for you, the Bible tells us. Romans 8.34 says, Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. That means he's praying to God the Father for you. He's praying to God the Father for me right now. And if we can learn to pray our prayers, to join our prayers with the prayers that Jesus is praying, I think we're going to see more answers. I think we're going to see a lot more answers. Those are the kind of prayers that get answers. So in this message series, we're going to look at some of the teaching of Jesus concerning prayer. We're going to expand on that teaching from other passages in the Bible. Today we're going to be talking about talking with our Father. Talking with our Heavenly Father. Not just firing off requests to Him, but actually talking with Him, communicating with Him, listening to Him. Prayer is not just about pleasing ourselves. It really shouldn't be about pleasing ourselves. It's about pleasing Him, pleasing our Heavenly Father. And to do that, we need to, first of all, pray with proper motives. You know, two people can pray exactly the same prayer with exactly the same content, and one person will see the prayer answered, and the second person will see his prayer unanswered. And one of the reasons for seeing that result sometimes is that God is interested not just in the content of our prayers, he's interested in the motive behind why we are praying our prayer. Why do we pray and ask for the things that we do? Who are we praying for? For whose benefit? If you want to receive answers to your prayers, we mustn't pray for man's reward. Jesus begins his teaching in Matthew 6, verse 5, and says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. So here Jesus teaches us not to pray like a hypocrite. Now what, what is a hypocrite? A hypocrite is somebody who appears differently on the outside than what they really are on the inside. The hypocrites of Jesus' day, they prayed in public, standing on the street corners, in the synagogues, the places of worship there. And the reason Jesus says they prayed that way was to be seen by men. That was the motive of their heart. When I pray, when they prayed in public, it was not to communicate with God. It was to appear righteous, to appear holy before other people. And so their motive was all wrong. Their prayers had nothing to do with God. A hypocrite's prayer was all about themselves, how they could exalt themselves, how they could puff themselves up. It was all about how others perceived them. And Jesus says, those kind of prayers are not going to get any answers from God. Rather, we should pray for our Father's reward. Jesus goes on to say in verse 6, But you, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And so when you pray in secret, nobody else sees you. Nobody else hears what you're saying. And so you're not doing it for the praise of men, are you? 
You're doing it for one reason. That God is hearing you. Because if God is not hearing you, it's pretty pointless, isn't it? To go into a room and, and talk if nobody is listening to you. But when you pray in secret, you pray to an unseen Father. And then Jesus gives us a promise. He says, when you pray with the proper motives, when you pray to your Father, not to be seen by others, but simply to, to enjoy a relationship with Him, then He will reward you. That's a promise we can hang on to. When we pray in the right way, God will reward us. There is a, there is a reason, there is a purpose for prayer. Prayer is not just saying the right words. It's not some kind of magical incantation. If we say exactly the right words, or we'll talk about it in a minute, say enough prayers that we will see the answer come. Prayer is growing a relationship with our Heavenly Father. It's growing in this relationship, getting to know Him better, spending time talking with Him. And that time spent with God is not a waste because Jesus promises that God will reward us for the time that we spend with Him in prayer if we pray with proper motives. Now just to make sure nobody uh, is misled on this point, Jesus is not condemning all public prayer. Or else I'd be in trouble. I've already prayed twice this morning in public. Jesus himself prayed in public. Jesus' disciples prayed in public from time to time. But what Jesus is, is condemning is public prayer with wrong motives. Where the motive of the person who is praying is simply to be seen by other people rather than actually communicating with God. Public prayer has its purpose. Because as one person prays, the other people can join in that prayer and agree with them. Jesus talks about where just two or three gathered together, he is there in their midst. As they pray, the others agree and, and uh, bring their faith together to see the answer. And it applies in larger, uh, larger circles as well. And we're going to talk more about proper motives in this message series. But today, I want to emphasize that one of the great motives that we should have for prayer is simply building our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Now, if you have a human relationship with a friend or with a spouse and, and one of the members of that relationship does all the talking and the other person just listens, is that a great relationship? You don't know? You're not sure? That's a terrible relationship, isn't it? If one person does all the talking and the other person just listens... Now, perhaps the person doing all the talking thinks it's a great relationship, but the other person probably isn't too happy. A great relationship is when there's give and take, when there's an exchange, when one person talks, the other person listens, and then they get a chance to talk, and the other person listens. But all too often when we pray, it's all about, God, help me with this. God, I need this. I need that. And we have things called prayer lists. Anybody have a prayer list? Not a bad thing. I have prayer lists. But you can go down the list, one after the other, and just, the list can get very long. I know, believe me. Uh, and we go down this huge list of requests. And I wonder what God is thinking. Are they just treating me like a cosmic vending machine? You know, he's on request 27. And hasn't even listened to what I have to say about request 2 and what he needs to do to See that request answered. God wants us to build relationship, listen to what he says, seeking to figure out what he wants. 
and praying in that way. So we need to pray with proper motive. Secondly, we need to pray with proper respect. God is our heavenly Father. He is the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's, He's not just another person. He is like the most important person in the whole universe. And God wants us to pray with, with proper respect, with great respect. Now Jesus goes on to teach us that many prayers lack this proper respect. Many prayers really don't take into account the fact that you're communicating with a person, that you're communicating with the, the ruler of the universe. You're, cre- you're uh, communicating with the omnipotent God. And so Jesus gives us some practical advice. And I might say this practical advice is, is widely ignored. So I don't want you to ignore it. I don't want to ignore it. So Jesus says, don't pray with thoughtless repetition. He says, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. What does it mean to babble? It means to pray foolishly. It means to pray irreverently, to just repeat words simply because you think God will be impressed by the number of words you repeat or the number of prayers that you pray. Thoughtless repetition of prayers can even be prayers that are found in the Bible. It's ironic. This teaching of Jesus is immediately before the most famous prayer in the world called the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer, I would say, is the most abused prayer in the world because it is thoughtlessly repeated by people over and over again, by millions with the hope of that they say enough, our fathers, they're going to gain some merit from God. And yet, mindlessly repeating our fathers is exactly what Jesus was teaching us not to do. Now, can you pray the Lord's Prayer with thought? Can you pray the Lord's Prayer uh, actually communicating with God? Yes. But as we'll talk as we go on, it's a pattern prayer primarily, not a prayer that to be repeated over and over again every day. It's a, it's a pattern. It gives us a pattern for praying that God wants us to expand on and to understand the principles that he's trying to teach us. So we mustn't pray with thoughtless repetition. We, we pray to an all-knowing Father. Let me just add, again, if you had a human relationship and you spoke to your spouse or you spoke to your friend, and ask them the same thing 20 times in a day, what would they think? Like you were crazy, right? Like I heard you the first time. And so we mustn't do that with God either. We pray to an all-knowing Father. It says, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And so when we pray, we must remember we're praying to a person. And so the rules that we have when we, or the things we understand with communicating with people, many of those apply to communicating with God as well. He is a person. And he's not just any person. We're praying to the one who created us. We're praying to the one who loves us. He loves us. He cares about us. He's not deaf. We don't need to keep repeating ourselves over and over again without any thought. God wants to converse with us. God really doesn't need to know what our needs are because he already knows. And people say, why why should I pray? Because God wants a relationship with us. He wants us to tell him what we need and other things as we'll see in a minute. And he wants to speak back to us. 
He wants to tell us things that we don't know. We're the ones that need to learn something. Not God. God already knows everything. He has plans for our life. And he wants to tell us how to carry out those plans. So when you pray, what fills your mind? Oftentimes for me, my mind is, is dominated by what I need. That's not really filled with God. And God wants us to turn that around. Perhaps our mind needs to be focused on, first and foremost, with who we're praying to. It needs to be focused on God himself and the greatness of God. And we mustn't thoughtlessly repeat our prayers over and over again. How many here pray before you eat? A few of us. And do you know what you pray? Anybody know what they pray? Nobody's brave enough to say, Father, thank you for this food. Bless it to our bodies. Amen. That's the, that's the thoughtless prayer in our house, okay? That I pray sometimes too. Now, we've been working on that. We say, okay, pray that and then think of something unique that you want to ask or praise God for today. Put some thought into it because it can come out without even knowing what you've said. And that is a thoughtless repetition. Now, lightning has never struck. We're still alive. So God is merciful. But he wants us to grow in that. Let's make sure our words have meaning. And aren't just mindlessly repeated when we pray. God wants to know our hearts. He wants us to know Him. He wants us to think when we pray. He wants our relationship with Him to grow. So pray with proper motives. Pray with proper respect. And finally pray with proper balance. The next five verses we're going to go over briefly today. And in greater depth as the series moves on. Jesus gives us what's commonly called the Lord's Prayer. Now, the Lord's Prayer is really not a prayer that Jesus prayed. He never prayed this prayer. He just gave it to his disciples as a pattern or model prayer that teaches us how we should pray. And today we're going to get a look at an overview of the Lord's Prayer to better understand praying with proper balance. And then, as I said, as we go through this series, we're going to look in great detail at the various aspects of the prayer. What does it mean to pray with proper balance? It means that we keep our priorities right in prayer. Sometimes we get our priorities mixed up. I'm going to talk about that. Praying with proper balance means we keep the different aspects of prayer. There's different aspects of prayer. We keep those in proper proportion. So let's see how this works with the Lord's Prayer. Now to simplify it for us today, I've broken the Lord's Prayer down into two main sections, two parts. The first part is praying for God's kingdom, found in verses 9 and 10. It said, this then is how you should pray. And notice he says, this is how you should pray. This, he didn't say, this is what you should pray. He said, this is how you should pray. This is an example how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So prayer begins with what? Begins with our needs? No. It begins with God, doesn't it? It begins with God and his kingdom not ourselves. And so we worship God. We praise God for all He is. We, we hallow or respect His name. In fact, hallow be your name is not only do we hallow His name or treat it as holy, but we want other people to treat His name as holy. And so 
The first petitions in prayer that Jesus teaches us, us, us to pray are for God's kingdom to come to earth. And then he expands and says what that means is for his will to be done on earth just as it is in heaven. That's what we want to happen. God's will in heaven is done perfectly. And he wants that will to be done in our lives and in this earth more and more. And that's what we are praying for. So our priority in prayer is to seek the increase and the growth of God's kingdom. That can happen in our lives. It can happen in our families. It can happen in our church. It can happen in our workplace. It can happen uh, in our government. It can happen around the world. But that's our priority, to seek God's kingdom first. And so our preeminent concern in life as a believer is not our own well-being. It's the growth and expansion of the kingdom of God. In a future message, I'll talk more about what the kingdom of God really is all about. But the first main division of the Lord's Prayer has to do with God's kingdom. Now the second main division has to do with our role in advancing God's kingdom. We're praying for our kingdom role. Now many people would divide the Lord's Prayer up into two parts to say the first prayer is about praising God, the first part is about praising God, and the second part is about us. It's about what we need. But I don't think that's totally correct. The second part is in the context of the first part. And so I believe the second part has to do with our role as kingdom servants. How are we going to help God's kingdom expand? How are we going to cooperate with God in kingdom growth? We are serving the king. And as a servant of the king or a warrior of the king, however you might want to phrase it, we need to have our daily needs met. So Matthew 6, 11, give us today our daily bread. Now, if there's a master and he has some servants, what is the master's responsibility for his servants? If his servants aren't fed, if his servants aren't taken care of, are they going to be able to do much for their master? No. If we don't have food to eat, what's going to happen to us eventually? We're going to starve. We're going to be just scratching out an existence. We're not going to be able to do much for our master. And so this petition is that our daily needs would be met so that we can cooperate with God in expanding his kingdom. Now, obviously, this petition is not just for food. It's for every uh, need that we might have in life. But far too many prayers make this petition the main focus of their prayers. Give me what I need. Now, this is actually the shortest petition in the whole Lord's Prayer. It's just a few verses. And later in Matthew 6.33, later in the, in the chapter, Jesus promises that if we seek his kingdom first, then all our needs are going to be met. He promises to meet all our needs. And so when we pray for our needs, we pray with the faith, we pray with the assurance that as we seek his kingdom first, as we prayed in the first part of the prayer, our needs are going to be met. Next, we ask for forgiveness of our sins. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. If we're going to be a servant of a holy God, we need to have our sins forgiven. And the Bible teaches us that even as believers, we all sin. And if we say we never sin, the Bible says we're liars. We all sin from time to time. If you think you don't sin, ask your spouse. Okay, they'll tell you a few. 
or ask somebody else who knows you well. And so for a servant to worship and serve a holy God, we need to be forgiven. Now, the previous petition, we are asking God for our daily bread. And so really, the pattern of the Lord's Prayer is a prayer that should be prayed at least daily, regularly. And so as we have daily needs, we also need daily forgiveness for our sins. It's a good thing to reflect back on our lives and don't just pray generally, forgive me my sins, but God will bring to our attention, he'll bring to our minds the things that we've done wrong if we ask him, if we're listening, and those are the things we confess and ask for forgiveness from. Far too many prayers are simply, forgive me my sins. Well, that's very easy to say, isn't it? But when you ask God, God, search my heart, know me, tell me what, how I have offended you, tell me how I have sinned, and believe me, God will tell you. And then you confess that and ask for forgiveness and ask for strength to not do it anymore. Jesus also brings in the fact that we need to forgive others. In order for our sins to be forgiven, we need to forgive everybody else in our lives who has offended us, who has hurt us in any way. And so this prayer also has to do with uh, God's help in our relationships, which is important as servants of the king. And finally, our last need as a servant of the king is protection from Satan. Verse 13, and whoops, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So as believers, we're servants or warriors in the kingdom of light. And the Bible teaches us there's only two kingdoms in the world. There's the kingdom of light, that's the kingdom of God, and there's the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of Satan. And these two kingdoms are in constant conflict. They've been in conflict since the Garden of Eden, even before the Garden of Eden, and they're still in conflict. And we need God's protection from this kingdom of darkness that's out to destroy us, that's out to destroy our families, that's out to destroy our lives. We need God's protection to avoid being tempted into sin. Because when we're tempted into sin, we, it hinders our ability to help the kingdom grow. And it hurts us, and it hurts other people. We need God's protection from attacks of our enemy, Satan. He's out to harm you. He's out to harm your family. And many people don't even believe he's real. And of course, he loves that. Because if you don't believe the enemy is real, you're not going to have any defenses. You're not going to be an alert. But Jesus says, you better be alert. This is one of the main petitions in the Lord's Prayer. Deliver us from the evil one. It's in there for a reason. We need to be alert. He's like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. And Jesus doesn't want you devoured by him. There are people in our world being devoured by Satan. Destroyed by him. And so we need his protection. And so these three petitions we've gone through quickly this morning for our needs, for forgiveness, for protection. They come in the context of seeking the growth of God's kingdom. And so praying with proper balance begins with God's kingdom and it, and it seeks God's help for our role in advancing that kingdom. Now what happens if we get the balance mixed up? What happens if our prayers degenerate just into this wish list? Another way people put it, you know, God's a great Santa Claus in the sky. And you have this Christmas list that you want from him. And of course, if you're good, then he's going to give you well, that's kind of mixing Santa and God up, but that's confused in some people's minds. Now, as we learned at the beginning of the message, if you're simply praying for what you want, 
God isn't going to answer those prayers. And that's one of the main reasons for unanswered prayer. And when God doesn't answer our prayers, then people tend to get mad at God. And they don't want to talk to him anymore. And you're not going to get any prayers answered if you don't talk to him. And so you, we get in a downward spiral away from God. A relationship with God suffers. And so this new year, let's seek God's help to pray prayers for what he wants. Because those are the kind of prayers he answers. In fact, the Bible tells us in 1 John, we don't have time to look at the verse, but the only kinds of prayers that God even hears are prayers that are prayed according to his will. And if he hears prayers that are prayed according to his will, he's going to answer those prayers. He promises to. And so those are the only kind of prayers that we should be praying. Prayers that get answered are prayers according to God's will, prayed with the right motives. And so when we become aware of needs in our lives, we need to think about our motives of, of expanding beyond our needs. I mean, suppose somebody's sick. And we want to pray for healing. What is healing all about? Is taking somebody's pain away? That's part of it. Having compassion on somebody. But it's demonstrating, if God heals a person, it's demonstrating the power of God in this world. It's demonstrating he cares about somebody. It demonstrates he loves somebody and if he heals somebody and we give him praise, he gets the glory for it. That's why Jesus heals people. Because it brings glory to his Father and it brings heaven to earth. You see, there's no sick people in heaven. There's no pain in heaven. And so as believers, we can, through prayer, bring some of heaven to earth to bring glory to God. And we can, as we think about these things, we can pray prayers with the proper motives and build a relationship with our, with our Father. We pray with proper balance. Now this Wednesday night, we're going to have a prayer and praise night and we're going to pray together and basically we break up into small groups when we pray. I encourage you to come out. We're going to have a little more teaching on prayer, a little more in depth here than Sunday mornings and we're going to pray, and so I encourage you to come out for that. It would be a, a, a good time, and I think as the church grows together in prayer, uh, our prayers together will become more powerful, praying with proper balance. So prayer is talking with our Father, talking with our Heavenly Father. He wants us to build a relationship with Him. He wants that relationship to grow deeper this year. If you're a believer here this morning, He wants your relationship with Him to grow deeper in 2014. Prayer is understanding what God wants and then praying to bring it about. That's what it means to pray in Jesus' name. It means to pray what He would want. We're praying for Him. I ask this in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus for Jesus. God wants your prayers to be answered. And if your prayers are not answered, the problem is not God. It's us. We need to change.
Prayer with proper motives builds a relationship with our Father. Prayer with proper respect understands that we're praying to the creator of the universe, an all-knowing Father. Prayer with proper balance put God's kingdom first in all of our prayers. And I believe as we grow in talking with our Father, we're going to see more and more prayers answered, which is going to make us more excited about praying. And we're going to see more prayers answered that way. And we'll have the satisfaction of being used by God to grow his kingdom. Now to pray and talk with our Heavenly Father, you need to have a relationship with God. You need to have committed your life to Jesus Christ to begin that relationship with God if you've never done it before. And how do you know you don't have a relationship with God? If you never hear God speaking to you, if all you do, everybody in the world fires off, quote, prayers to God from time to time. That doesn't make you a believer. A believer, Jesus said, is somebody who hears his voice. He said, my sheep hear my voice. If you never hear God speaking to you ever, ever, that's a pretty good evidence you're not a believer. Because Jesus' sheep hear his voice. You hear God speaking, not with an audible voice, but he communicates to you and you know it. And so if that's not happening in your life, I'd encourage you to commit your life to him by admitting that you've sinned, believing that Jesus died on the cross to forgive those sins, committing your life to following him all the days of your life. So let's bow our heads right now. We're going to pray a simple prayer. If you've never prayed this prayer before or something similar to it, I'd encourage you to pray. You might want to recommit your life to him uh, this morning in the new year, 2014. Say, Father, today, I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things. But I believe that Jesus died on the cross, took my sins upon himself that I might be forgiven. Please forgive me. Come into my life. I commit myself to serving you as my Lord and Savior. I commit myself to following your word, to building a relationship with you all the days of my life. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray that God would help us in this new year on the subject of prayer. Father, we're so thankful that you've given us the privilege of talking with you, the omnipotent creator of the universe, talking with you in prayer. Forgive us, God, for not making prayer the priority that it deserves to be in our lives. Help us, God, individually and as a church to grow in our prayer lives in this new year in 2014. Help us to have motives that honor you as we pray. We pray that God we would have respect. And that we would put our minds and our hearts into our prayers. Show us how to seek your kingdom first. In our prayer life and in all of our life. And we thank you God that as we follow your instructions. We're going to see more answers to prayers. We're going to see your kingdom coming in different aspects in our lives and in our experience. I pray that our prayers would empower our church, God, to expand your kingdom in St. Louis in a greater way in 2014. I ask, God, that you would uh, use our prayers as we come together this Wednesday night to lay the groundwork and prepare for these greater things that you have for us this year. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.